Hi guys, and welcome to episode one of It's Not a Disability, It's a Different Ability. Um, I'm Ashley, and I am going to talk to you about how I navigate this world um, with a kid diagnosed with autism. Um, When I say how I navigate this world, let me just give you a little bit of clarity on kind of like who I am and kind of how I move. So when it comes to my children, I'm like a mama bear and it's very few things that can kind of get me in, how do you say, attack mode um, other than when it comes to my kids. So I'm always in fight mode when I'm dealing with my children and, and helping um them move around this world. Uh, my son is no different. And his um, diagnosis is also no different. It's not going to keep me from doing what I do as a parent. Um, so for me, I don't know if you guys got a chance to check out my bonus episode, but um, me and my girls have another podcast and it's called Let's Really Talk About It. And I released a bonus episode where I talked about um, having my my son, my autistic son, and I addressed a question of what made me think or how did I know that my son was autistic? So when you get a chance, go check that out. Um, I actually wanted to pick up with resources that I navigated because I think I kind of ran through the resources really quickly and I wanted this first episode to kind of be about where do you start for so many parents who are navigating this world and um, either a provider has told you something that either the kid um, was diagnosed with like a developmental delay or speech delay Um, or learning disability, and it has you wondering if it is a little deeper than that. Um, One of the very first places that I reached out to was infants and toddlers. Now, again, this is also time limited, which is why I stress to parents that the earlier you intervene, the better, which means that please, please, please pay attention to the way your child is developing. The milestones that they're reaching or not reaching, just be very, very, very hypervigilant when it comes to um, how, you know, how your kid is, is progressing. And I say that because If you wait too late, there will be certain programs that you will not be able to take advantage of. And I do believe infants and toddlers has a cutoff at age five. Um, Many of the programs that I'm going to mention to you, I do believe have a cutoff at age five. Um, It's kind of part of that early intervention um, programming. So with infants and toddlers... It should be free to everyone in their area. You usually need a physician or provider referral. 
So which means that your your kid would be visiting their pediatrician or whomever and you can um, or PCP, whatever you guys have. Usually it's your physician. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, your pediatrician. Um, whether it be an MD or an MP, um, they should be able to put in the referral for infants and toddlers. Typically, infants and toddlers does have their own set of assessments. Um, I am not sure how they are doing their assessments now that um, we are out of the pandemic. Again, um, I mentioned in my bonus episode that we did virtual testing. They also took the information from the um, speech and developmental delay that the pediatrician had initially assessed. Um, and then there was uh, some, I want to, I, I can't remember because I'm kind of blanking, but there was some, uh, there was some assessments that were done virtually. Um, so first you will want to reach out to infants and toddlers, um, or have them, I'm sorry, they usually reach back out to you once the, the provider puts in the referral. Uh, infants and toddlers is a system that is set up to assist your kid in whichever way they're going to need. So if there is a speech delay, then you would have access to a speech pathologist. If there is a, um, developmental delay, then also there would be a special educator. Um, and then there is also resources for occupational therapy as well as physical therapy if those are um, needs. Those individuals that I encountered through the Infants and Toddlers program here in my county were absolutely phenomenal. Those resources are usually parent-centered so a lot of times they are set up to kind of assist you in assisting your kids. So basically, um, they give you the tools so that you can then work better with your child. And like I said, that approach was extremely helpful to me and my family. And at the time, it was literally all we had. Um, I was on the list to be assessed for um, well, my son was on the list to be assessed for autism. So there was not a, a diagnosis of autism just yet, but I had had it in my mind that this was what it was. And I wanted, um, to act, um, I wanted to act fast because I knew that the wait lists were very, very long. So there is a wait list for assessment as well as a wait list for the programs. Um, and, the assessment kind of happened a little bit faster than what initially was um, told to me because they said somewhere around six months to a year. And I was mortified because I didn't want him to wait around for six months to a year before there would be any kind of like specialized resources or programming for him. At the time, my son was about 17 months, turning 18 months. So by the... so. I also reached out to some other independent or really like not necessarily independent, but some one-on-one um, -on -one services of speech and OT as well. Um, and I mentioned in my other podcast, I mean, I'm sorry, my other episode that I um, 
found a place called The Therapy Spot. It is in Pikesville. They also have speech pathologists. They have occupational therapists as well as physical therapists. And they have resources to an ABA provider, which um, is usually the kind of like go-to form of treatment when your child is diagnosed with autism. Now, I have very limited um, experience in ABA because we did not utilize ABA services for a long time. And I'll tell you why. Um, ABA stands for, it stands for Applied Behavioral Analysis. So typically it's ran by a BCBA, which is a board certified behavioral analyst. Um, and her assistant is usually an RBT. And we had... Typically, the RBT is the one that's doing most of the work, and I don't think that they are as, they're not required to have as much education. Um, and we we just had a disaster of an experience when we um, decided to do ABA. But, but Josiah was also very, very little. Like I said, um, I started this process when he was 17 months. So by the time he was, 19, 20 months, he had already had his services set up and trying to input um, this whole ABA therapy that I already had um, mixed feelings about because I have heard really great things and then I've also heard some really horrible things. So um, I was definitely on the fence about whether or not I thought that that would be an appropriate resource for Josiah um, at the time. And I will say this much be, because I don't want to get too, too much into ABA because that's kind of not um, what today's episode is about. I kind of just wanted to talk about the earlier programs that I took advantage of. Um, but ABA tends to be more appropriate for children who are displaying kind of like maladaptive behaviors behaviors that are affecting their ability to function in whatever their environment is that, you know, that they need to function. So like, let's just take an adult, for example. I'm an adult who has to wake up, brush my teeth, wash my face, put on clothes and go work as a nurse. And if there was anything that I did that affected my ability to maneuver in my work environment, then I would need some sort of assistance as to how I can maneuver in that environment. So let's bring it back to, say, a child that would be considered on the spectrum. If they were displaying behaviors that were considered um, maladaptive in their environment, so whatever their environment is, most times it's preschool, right? Or... Uh, I don't know, early, like uh, early education, like elementary. Uh, there are certain things that are expected of them sitting in their chair, um, attending to a lesson for a, a certain period of time, um, following directions, um, socializing with peers, sharing. 
you know, certain things like that. So those are the things that we're looking at. Is your kid having a, a difficult time navigating their current environment, the environment that they're to perform well in? So at the time, my son was 20 months. Some things are age appropriate, the way in which our kids behave. So don't mistake everything for the diagnosis, because I think that's where people can kind of get caught up. Um, It's very unfortunate, but it's kind of the world that we live in. Once there is a diagnosis, everything a kid does thereafter is as a result of that diagnosis. So if your child is upset and crying, then sometimes that can be looked at as, oh, they're upset and crying because of their diagnosis. And that's not always the case. As human beings, we have the ability to be upset and cry, and it could be very much appropriate. So always be careful how you um, depict your kid's behavior. If you're, like, and like I said, if your kid's behavior is affecting their ability to function in their environment, then I would say that ABA may be a place for you to um, look into. Um, and I want to go back to the resource of infants and toddlers because I do know that when your child hits age two, because so typically infants and toddlers, um, I told you, you initially need a referral. Your referral source needs to be a provider. Um, usually the eligibility is children from birth to age two. I said till age five, because what happens is that if you need services for children that are age three or older, there's a system in place called Child Find. And Child Find helps you to find the services that will be necessary for your kid's diagnosis or delay. Um, So again, infants and toddlers, you need a referral from a provider. The eligibility criteria is from birth to age two. But if you have a child that is three or older, child fine is also available to help assist you in finding services. You're going to want to look for the infants and toddlers within your county or city. Um, And it's a simple Google search. You type in Baltimore infants and toddlers if you're in the city, or you can just randomly type in infants and toddlers and say location. Okay. And as for the therapy spot, they are located in Pikesville. Um, Their number is 410-358-1997. I'm giving that number out because you can actually call to schedule an evaluation. And I usually think, I mean, their turnaround time is pretty quick. So you can call to just schedule an evaluation to see, um, you know, where, what services your child would need. Because they actually do their own assessments in the therapy center as well. Um, They have a web address. Um, It's Baltimore Therapy Spot. Dot com, and you can go on there and you can um, 
kind of look around and see the things that they offer. But again, they have speech therapy, physical therapy, and occupational therapy. They do co-treat, um, meaning like you can do your therapies at the same time. So initially when Josiah was going, he was being co-treated and he was getting um, speech and OT at the same time. They were very, 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 very helpful. So um, again, the therapy spot is definitely a place to look for if you want individual attention. So your child will get one-on-one -on -one services with the providers. All right. And again, I mentioned to you guys that we stayed on a wait list for a program called Early Achievements. That program is ran by Kennedy Krieger. Um, Center for Autism and Related Disorders. They abbreviate themselves as CARD, C-A-R-D, D as in dog. Um, in order to request an appointment with the CARD services, um, call 443-923-7630 and it's option two. Um, you're going to um, apply as a new patient. Well, obviously you're a new patient um, to get put on the list. This is a program where you already have to have a diagnosis of autism in order to be accepted into the program. I do believe you can call this number, though, to set up um, the assessment um, opportunity as well. Um, because, again, as I mentioned to you guys, he had already been assessed by, what is it called? I'm always blanking with the name of this place. He's, he had already been assessed by a psychiatrist at uh, Verbal Beginnings. It's in Columbia. So Verbal Beginnings is a place that offers services for kids diagnosed with autism, but they also are an assessment facility as well. Kennedy Krieger, as well as Mount Washington Pediatric Hospital, they are an assessment center as well. Um, my next episode, I'm going to go in a little bit into detail about um, where you can go to get the actual uh, autism assessment because there are a few providers that I know off off the top of my head. Again, Josiah went to Verbal Beginnings in Columbia. Um, but I also mentioned that in my bonus episode um, on the other podcast, the one that I have with my girls. Um, so when you get a chance, definitely go and listen to that because I talked about some of those um, earlier things as well. Um, I wanted to see if Josiah would cooperate and talk to you guys because here's a kid who they told me would never speak. And I just wanted you guys to hear how well he speaks. Come here. I want you to no. I want you to talk. Come here. What's your name? Josiah. How old are you? Four years. Uh-uh, Joe. Uh-uh. Talk better than that. You know how to talk. How old are you? Four years old. Four years old. You say hi, guys. Hi, guys. Say thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Say I love my mommy. I love the mommy. I love you, Josiah. I love Josiah. No, I don't want you to say it. I'm telling you I love you. Say, I love say, say love you guys. Love you guys. See you later. See you later for listening to my first episode um i hope you um enjoyed it i hope it was informative i'm sorry um again about my voice um also please 
If there are questions that you have regarding these earlier resources, please leave a comment. Um, also, e feel free to email me. My email address is aavent, and that's A-A-V as in Victor, E-N-T, 06, at gmail.com. Have a good one, and thanks for tuning in.